Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? Howdy. I'm down the bottom garden in my little cabin, doing my little show with my friend and your friend, uh, Chris Abroad. Oh, good to have you back. <laughs> how are you doing? What's going I'm on? Good. Good. Uh, not a lot happening in my world, to be honest. I've been working on a couple of um, podcast projects uh, and Ooh, also um, worrying about my finances because a big tax bill came in. I was like, oh, nuts. That was uh, unexpectedly chunky. So I'm, I'm, I'm considering selling a liver, um, you know, <laughs> kissing, kissing lads and lasses for money. Uh, yeah, anything really. Just just, just uh, drug dealing. Um, get yourself about, on cameo. To, <laughs> get myself on a job. Get myself a job. Get on cameo. Yeah, on cameo, yes. Imagine who the hell would want that? Ten pound, ten pound a pop. I think you'd be good at it. You, you're happy, go lucky. Yeah. Sort of comments would be much welcomed on a, a dark day. Yeah. You know. I think I'll just sell my liver. <laughs> All right. Then. Do how that. Is, uh, how is Natsuki's uh, cameo adventure going? Because it, it just it is one of those things where um, I think when it first started there was a bit of a stigma to it, but now mm. I mean not for you know a person doing what Natsuki does. I think everyone's quite willing <laughs> to sort of give him money, but I think giving you know uh, I'll use the example of Steve Gutenberg. You sort of imagine that Steve Gutenberg wouldn't really need a lot of money mm. after his uh, adventures in the nineties as as um, one of the characters in in Police Academy, you imagine, and three men and a little well, lady, yeah. um, and some sort of thinking that he probably doesn't need my two hundred fifty quid. But I gave him two hundred fifty, and I, I still felt a bit like, well, oh you know. But 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 now you... but nowadays, you sort of, the, the the stigma around cameo. I think people understand that uh, it is a revenue source, and it, it's a really worthy one for, especially like uh, jobbing actors as well, because you don't make well, money I mean, as an actor. Natsuki's made a lot of money from it. Obviously, I won't say how much it is publicly. Mm. But I'll show you the number on the screen there, Pete. Can you read Good. that? Good. He deserves yeah. every last penny. But, like, I mean, Natsuki's doing very well out of it. I've, I've always wanted to try and find ways of helping Natsuki and whatnot. And I think, you know, Cameo, <laughs> it's it's exciting to see he's doing so well from it. And he's well-placed to do it and say happy birthday and be happy yeah. and fun. People often ask me to do Cameo. I couldn't imagine a worse thing. Like, I'd, I'd be so rubbish. I'd be like, happy birthday, Roger. 
Have a great day. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm mocking my own voice, but like, yeah. I, I, who's on cameo these days? I remember when I looked it up a few years ago, and I know what you yeah. mean about the stigma thing. I, I you mm. think oh, it's not there anymore, though, is it? Desperate. Well, there's some people on here. There's um, I don't, I don't know any of these people. Is there anybody like famous? There's always, but there's always <laughs> kind of like those. There's John Burko, those... Alfonso Ribeiro from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh. <laughs> How much is he? Two hundred forty-nine pounds. Oh, that could be. That could be fun. That could be fun. Get yeah, Carlton. exactly. That's get the. Uh, who we got here? We've got um, James Buckley from the In Betweeners. Nick Frost, Shaun of the Dead. No. Miriam uh, Margulies. I mean, I guess because I'm in um, England, they would. Uh, Brian Cox from Succession. I mean, I presume really? people are just getting him to go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> this is That's amazing. A bit of, uh, Jorginho, the Chelsea midfielder. Yeah, it's, wow. look, it's a, it's a, if you've got the time to do it, I think it's a great uh, revenue stream. Can I? I wonder if I could like use this to the advantage of abroad in Japan. They they do often yeah. say like no commercial purposes, right? Yeah, um, you can. You can I get use Brian it Cox to, to, um, to shout out abroad in Japan. Would that well, be you can right? use it to. Um, I think I think there is a commercial option. So if you want to get, uh, I think Matt Letizia to do something. I think it's a grand. I noticed quite recently. I want <laughs> I want Alfonso Riviero to say you're listening to the Abroad in Japan podcast, like we got Brian Cranston to do back yes. when you had the powerful job at Absolute Radio before you oh. gave it all up to become a. A tax evading billionaire at the bottom of I'm your garden in your shed. I'm not evading, I'm paying it. That's the trouble. <laughs> if I evaded it, I'd be happy. <laughs> God. I've set up I've recently I've set up a uh, a Broad Japan clips channel. It yes. sounds like I was going I've set up a tax avoiding account in the case. I've set up a, a fake bank account. <laughs> no, I've, I've set up something much worse and a Broad Japan right. clips channel where a Broad oh. Japan clips go. So all the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. All the cool kids, aka just yeah. trash taste. And uh, I've 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 been advised to do it, basically because people don't like to watch videos longer than ten seconds anymore. I've right. had to reduce abroad in Japan down to like snippets, down to clips of parts. Right? Okay. Yeah. Effectively, and they're doing pretty well so far. Yeah, I um definitely. I set it up because I wanted to like promote old videos and whatnot. So, but I, I actually found a a cool blooper reel that I'd never released publicly. Apart from on Patreon, uh, with uh, Jackie, my good Japanese friend Jackie, who you got drunk with, you 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 got her drunk from what I understand two months I'm ago. Se- I'm seeing it tonight, actually. Seeing her and Nick tonight. So are you, you bollocks? Go. Are you actually? I am. Yeah, what I is am. this? What do you mean? What is this? What? Just we're planning a, we're planning a uh, some kind of um, uh, heist on you. <laughs> heist. I'm going to become better friends with Jackie oh and Nick God. than you are, and then we'd shock cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? Well, I'm going to win their friendship with my Abroad in Japan Clips channel, where clips <laughs> videos are uploaded. I mean, it's been really cool, though. I've um, I, I've been cutting out clips from old videos. Like I took a, we took a clip from the uh, the Bullet Train video with Ryotaro, yes. the, the world's most expensive train seat, and that video is in 1080p. But I've got this software called I think it's called Topaz Video something or other. And it uses algorithms and magic and witchcraft to upscale the video from 1080p to 4K. And the results are astonishing. Like, it actually, I don't know how it does it. It sort of quadruples the pixel count. It, it like, increases right. the pixels and clears up the image. And it's, it's insane. It's really quite scary. Um, I didn't realize technology had sort of got to this point. And certainly when I'm using, like, photos or images in my videos these these days i also run that through topaz and whatnot and it's it's really creepy 
Like that sort of technology from Blade Runner, where it's like enhanced twenty five percent, enhanced fifty yeah. percent. Like we're actually there. We can actually take footage now and upscale it and blow up the so, resolution. So what? It's, so it's so magic. what is it? Is it kind of like I presume it's like a, a deep learning AI kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that that uses some insane servers somewhere. Um, so how? So so it's a it's a package, or is it online, or how do you kind of work with it? Uh, I, th- I I think it's about two hundred dollars, two hundred pounds, yeah. which you know, quite pricey. But obviously, if it's something I'm using, using a lot, it in every you can justify video, that sort of cost. But, yeah, and it yeah. just means that you don't necessarily have to stress out about how many times when you're producing videos, you're just wait, you're just trying to find a, a high definition version of a particular picture that you uh, that you want well, to use. You just constantly off, going, oh, yeah, God, exactly. I mean, I, I my renders of videos up until twenty twenty, August twenty twenty, all abroad in Japan videos were ten eighty P. Which is a tragedy because looking back at it, ten eighty P there is a big difference between four K and ten eighty P. I couldn't tell because I was always editing until August uh twenty twenty, I was always editing on my laptop on yeah. the small screen. And now I've got a silly iMac which has a screen the size of Sardinia. Like I can actually see all the imperfections and whatnot. But I uh I've I've been shooting in four K since twenty seventeen. But I've yeah. been rendering them out at 1080p. So I'm, I've taken all these 1080p renders, putting yeah. them in this program, and it's coming out 4K. It's looking almost as good as it would if I'd rendered it out 4K originally, yeah. and it is absolutely astonishing. So you could, it's you know, you could take a video, thing. you could take your Sapporo video that you shot <laughs> on a, a eight millimeter camera, whatever the hell it was, in one yeah. uh, in like 120p like resolution. Like a red camera. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you could take your one forty four. Does it have like a much higher resolution technically? But yeah, I know it does. Mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I cannot imagine how. Um, but I, what I like about it is, I like um, AI upscaling that um, gets it a bit wrong and just puts features in that weren't really there. In the first That's place. true. Actually, I've had a guy that who takes like loads of pictures from. Um, like low resolution shots of old wrestlers from like the seventies and the eighties. Mm, mm. It looks a bit wonky. They do faces beautifully, but everything around the face it just looks like they're wearing a mask of their own face. And there's a guy who just upscales all yeah. the images and stuff. So I did actually yeah. it's funny you should bring that up. I did have an issue. I um I want when I was um getting an image of Ken Watanabe to use in the Ken Watanabe documentary, yeah. I um <laughs> I ran it through and it was quite a low res image. I think it was from Inception. Yeah. It was a little bit blurry, it wasn't four K, it was more like 360p or whatever and I need to blow it up and I did it and like his lip was facing the wrong way when the algorithm had had its (laughs) like got to work on it and in the end I couldn't use it because I don't want to like be defamed for like making it look like Ken Watanabe had been hit with a hammer so I didn't use that image yeah but Warner Brothers should allow you to use that picture because um, <laughs> the, it's not technically a film still. You've created that's something right. different. It's been transformative. That's fair use. Transformative. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really cool. It's really kind of cool technology. Yeah. So um, That's amazing. I don't know how... I, the, the amount of computational power just to up... Literally, <laughs> instead of you <laughs> being asked to go and find a fucking picture on the internet uh, of, of a high-def picture of Kamwat Nabi from the film Inception, you just sort of went... Oh fuck it! I'll just run it through this, and it's, it's spent hours while this Amazon server grinds through it and returns it using deep, deep, deep blue, space. big blue, or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, deep blue. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah. yeah, it's cool though. It's, it's exciting, <laughs> I, it's, but it's also quite scary. You know, what are the implications of this technology, where you could mm. like upscale it in a few years to like sixteen k, and you can like take a a little image and blow it up. No, no, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. It'll be interesting. Um, we got a story this week from Ollie 
who says, Hello, carnivorous Chris and perilous Pete. Oh. My name is Ollie and I'm from Munich. What you need to know for this story is that I have friends in Japan that live in Adachi, in a uh, part of Tokyo. One is Japanese and her husband is American. The area which they inhabit, uh, Takenotsuka, is uh, notorious for organised crime. Yeah, and it's literally visible <laughs> when you're there. But it makes foreigners a rare sight as well. I was spending the last week of my trip with them, and the night before my morning flight, I'd wisely already switched to a German sleep schedule to get to uh, right. not get destroyed by the jet lag upon return. Right. Naturally, I was craving a, uh, a late-night soda. Naturally, naturally. Uh, it was 3am at that point, and I decided to go to a convenience store to attain my desired beverage my friend previously gave me the key to an old bicycle so i figured i'd take it to get back quickly on the way two police officers stopped me and just demanded to see my passport which luckily i had on me they looked it up and told me as far as my japanese can understand that i forgot to switch on my bike lights which was indeed true and i hadn't noticed since all the streets were lit up i apologized and thought that this was all they wanted when they proceeded to ask me exactly whose bike it was Explaining the situation was beyond my level of Japanese, so I tried to explain where I was staying and whose bike it was with Google Translate. They checked things in their phone and told me that couldn't be right, which made me panic. Oh, God. (laughs) More and more police officers proceeded to show up in the course of the conversation until the officers asked me to accompany them to the station. I complied and biked to the station, surrounded by seven officers, also on bikes. It's like a criminal mastermind, this poor Ollie. Uh, as I got there, they asked what I'd been doing in Japan. I tried to explain that I was a tourist. Uh, when I mentioned that my flight was due in seven hours, they started to panic as well. There was no translator available, so they wanted to cut things short and asked me where my friend's apartment was. I showed them on the map and they took me in my bike to the apartment where I had to go through the awkward process of waking up my friend and her husband to tell her that the police wanted a little chat. They told her something I could not understand, after which she started searching through some files in her drawer. After five minutes, she found a document and handed it to the police. Upon looking at it, they apologised and vanished within one minute. My friend told me that bike theft, apparently, is the number one crime in Japan, and therefore bikes in Japan were registered to the owner in a database upon purchase from a vendor. Privately sold bikes, however, can only have proof of ownership via some sort of contract, which was the document that she showed to the police. I was ashamed of causing so much trouble during the night, but she shrugged it off and said that this happens to her husband all the time. Anyway, that's my story, guys. Keep what you're doing. Best regards, Ollie. Not a bike thief. Well done, Ollie. <laughs> what a he nightmare. Bloody hell. Just wanted a late-night soda. And look, it's, 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 if, if advice was needed, uh, it is very much needed. If you want a late-night soda, just make sure you get some soda before you go to bed because you're going to wake up thirsty. <laughs> you're going to wake up thirsty. Life hacks with Pete. I mean, that's <laughs> a bit ridiculous. I've never been stopped by the police still after all these years, and I want to keep it up that way. All right, apart from that one time when you were there and I was speeding for like five kilometres, whatever. But I've never been stopped in like Tokyo. I think we talked about this on a Trash Toast episode that I was on recently. Connor yeah. had been stopped a few times, and I think even Joey got stopped. But then when yeah. Joey spoke Japanese, they were like, oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll stop now. We'll stop harassing yeah. you. There's yeah. A, yeah, it's a little bit unsettling um i mean i i don't know what they're expecting ollie to be some sort of bike thief 
What were they expecting? Well, someone, uh, someone told me that um, <clears throat> in like Shinjuku and stuff, because there's just so many bikes left around, and there's not nobody yeah. really has locks on their bikes. Um, that people just pissed, get on the wrong bike, and just cycle. Home and then <laughs> so probably loads of the thefts are probably just uh, yeah, probably, probably just accidents. <laughs> but one thing, make sure if you um, you go out drinking, you're not really like allowed to cycle home. Yeah, a lot of people I know in the countryside did it. Because they don't have much choice. It's yeah. not take care. There's no taxes. So people do it. But like, just be careful. If you do go out drinking and you get on a bike, you could be buggered if you get caught by the police. But yeah, yeah I really don't know that many people that have been stopped by the police by virtue of the fact that I'm not based in Tokyo. But if you do live in Tokyo, don't be surprised if the police do ask you for ID at some point or another. Um, it's a miracle that I've never been stopped. But then I kind of stick to... A lot of the mainstream touristy places, right? Shibuya, Shinjuku, Asakusa. If you go somewhere like Adachi, then uh, yeah. you're you're asking for trouble. I don't actually know where Adachi is, in which neighbourhood that is. Do you know it? You've been there? I'm sure you, you, no, you've been there. I don't think I have. The shady dealings of Pete Donaldson. <laughs> I've, done, I've done, done nothing, officer. I've done nothing wrong, officer. I'm familiar with the place, but I, I, I've, I've never been there. I've got no cause to use it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it is. Mm. It's... Uh, I don't know where that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh right, okay. It's kind of like it's kind of north of um, Asakusa and Ueno. Right. About okay. a twenty-five minute drive north of there. No reason to go up there, but yeah. Uh, yeah. City. Adachi. Mm. Keep an eye out. What we got though this week? Story of the week. What we got, Mister Dawson? We news got a week, new bro. story, and you're not going to be believing what's happened with this bloody Japanese ferry, Chris. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> You're not going to believe What's this. Happened? Now, I don't really like this story because I recently watched a documentary about the um, Costa Concordia uh, ferry disaster slash um, ah, yes. cruise ship disaster that, where that yeah, uh, Italian yeah. uh, captain ran aground just showing off. Um, the Sunflower Shiratoko Ferry recently took a trip from uh, Tomokamai uh, Port in Hokkaido, driving right down the eastern coast of Japan, down mm. to Ibaraki, right? And it's yeah, a, a journey that journey, this that this, that this cargo hours. ship makes regularly. Uh, but this trip in particular had everyone very excited because no one was steering the ship. <laughs> oh my God, it's not like a ghost ship. Ghost so ship. this foundation has, has created this... Yeah, it is literally a ghost ship. Uh, it's created this <laughs> ship that can basically... Uh, it's the first in the world, the Sunflower Shiratoko's voyage, the first in the world to be undertaken without anybody on the bridge, without anybody at the helm. Um, it was able to make like this journey train. because you've got not only the, the radar system, you also had like um, augmented reality navigation systems and it used um, AR cameras, IR cameras and stuff to help uh, detect other ships and avoid collisions with bits of rock and stuff. But it's basically um a bit of a revolution it's the sort of thing that you know like we've got like tesla drive self-driving cars and aut- yeah. autonomous vehicles and stuff you almost think well kind of ships in the sea kind of a, the safest place to test this stuff out this technology out well, but in theory the ship traveled for around about 18 hours down the east coast of Kanto, and uh it's 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 
probably going to be used in the future, certainly at, at, at the start anyway, uh, for transporting goods. Uh, 80% of the distribution of goods between Hokkaido and Kanto, the main island of Japan, uh, it's mainly just transporting goods and, and bits and bobs and stuff. And so um, people on the internet uh, in Japan, they're a little bit concerned about um, people taking over the ship, like uh, like hijacking and stuff. Under siege um, with Steven Seagal. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Right. I mean, yeah, like pl- some people have been saying planes have been using autopilot for years. I've often wondered why ships haven't done the same. I mean, you would think it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, would you need like a security officer on there rather than a pilot? I, I don't really. I mean, presumably there was somebody on the ship who could steer the thing in case of, of trouble, but maybe he could sort of double up as a guy who's moving around pallets or something. <laughs> I want to reenact Captain Phillips. I want to be like, I am the captain. Yeah, when I, when I'm I get the captain on the boat. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break into the, the bridge. I think that's think actually... That- the boat I went on with Connor. It's the Sun... What's it? Sunflower Shirtoko. It might be that boat that I went on with Connor because it was the same route, right? From Tomokai to uh, Ibaraki. But we got off halfway in Sendai. Um, So so what's this boat? Did did you meet the uh, pilot and the pilot just went, I can't ask. I'm not... I'm not... I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) The last... The last qualified ship's captain for that route just went, I've just met Chris Broad and and, and Cedo Vier and I just... I just... I don't want to be a part of this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we met right, one person the on the boat. Pilot. We did meet one interesting <laughs> character on the boat, a Swedish dude who uh, who recognised us, really nice guy. And we were like, "What are you doing? Going to Sendai?" And he's like, "I'm going for the weekend. I'm going to IKEA to get some meatballs." And we were like, "Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a very stiff, stereotypical thing." Uh, but that's what he was doing, and fair play to him. But uh, yeah. so it was a pretty rough ferry. I can't say I enjoyed that ferry, with or without a captain. It's quite a bumpy ride because the north. Sort of the the Pacific coastline's a bit a bit wavy. Is that the expression? Turbulent, wavy, <laughs> bumpy. Wavy. I was sick the whole time. It was awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't see the problem with this. You know, a ferry mm. on autopilot in the middle of the sea. What could possibly go wrong? What could well, possibly I mean, go pirates, wrong? Pirates. I mean, it's just pirates, really, isn't it? <laughs> the pirates. pirates of of Japan. Yes. <laughs> I uh, yeah. no, I, I think fair enough though. Save some costs. Make it happen. Yeah. The only thing I would worry about is parking the damn thing. Imagine a ferry coming into port and just smashing into the port. <laughs> just like, just imagine that. <laughs> but like, I don't know. <clears throat> I, uh, I, won't rec- I can't recommend going on one of these ferries, though. It wasn't very pleasant. The same yeah. journey you could do like two hours on a bullet train. Yeah, no, that's I I I um I was sort of working on an interview with um the recording artist Benny Blank. Is it Benny Blanco? Benny Blanco. That sounds about right. Uh he uh doesn't fly. I had a bad experience back in the day and so he just takes um the ferry like over from America to uh to Britain. And, oh wow. Uh, which is incredible, really, because I thought it, I thought for some reason modern technology, and you know, there's probably a massive need for people who just do not like flying. I thought there'd like be modern technology uh, taken, taken where um, you could absolutely just cut that journey across the Atlantic to you know a, a smaller. But it does take mm. a canny few days, and I was like, why did I think that it would only take like a day? <laughs> why did I think that? There's surely this technology, like a powerboat, that could get you over, but then the fuel would probably prohibitively. Um, capacious. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just saw, I just assumed that we'd have this nailed. But I think it's a good. It's a good few weeks. I think it might be a good few weeks to get across the uh, Atlantic, which is incredible. Really. Wow. I think. No. I think it's like. Fit. I think it's five days. Is it five days? days? All right. Okay. All right. Fair. The um... But, um, either way, it's upsetting. <laughs> I thought it was quicker. 
<laughs> I'm trying to look up the fastest time, but uh, yeah. what's the fastest transatlantic shipping crossing? Uh, <laughs> it was in 1996. Yeah, but would that be? In a boat from like um, Iceland to Alaska or something weird like that. <laughs> yeah, the the article's very bad. It it doesn't yeah. it doesn't doesn't say. God damn it! Why is this? All right, five days, fourteen hours, twenty one minutes. Yeah, there I thought go. it'd be quicker. I just thought it would be quicker. Yeah, five days. Mm. I I would have thought that'd be quicker as well. Do you know how long yeah. it took Concord? It took Concord about three hours. Wasn't the record, yeah, crack. Wasn't the record like in in the high twos or something? It was just the record, of, I think, was about uh, with two and a half wing. hours on Concord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I took a, um, I think I took a flight last time I was in America, and it was uh, astonishingly quick. Like the, uh, you don't want to tailwinds. think of a plane being 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 um, that affected by tailwinds, but Christ, I think they did it in like it felt like four hours. <laughs> it was so quick. Oh my god! <laughs> we actually got quite on the subject of airplanes. We had quite a few um, emails this week. Tragically, a, um, a YouTuber called Josh Newman died in Iceland in a plane crash. Oh, yes. uh, but he was in a, a he's a, he's got a channel that's got one of the one of the most popular skateboarding channels and he's actually got some really cool videos he's got 1.2 million followers but um yeah tragically he and uh, i think three other people on the plane died it was in a a Cessna 172 the same Cessna I'd flown in Kagoshima which i think is why people were emailing us about it but uh, yeah. he he lost his life over iceland in the plane i don't know what happened but quite bizarre given that Cessnas are very safe, you know. I don't know what happened there. Maybe yeah. hope uh, it'd be interesting to find out what happened, but uh, tragic, tragic indeed. And a reminder that, uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm scared of planes. Every time I read about an airplane crash, I take one step back from getting on a plane again. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not fun. No, maybe I'll take the ferry. Maybe I'll take the ferry back to the UK <laughs> from Japan. How would you even do that? Is that possible? Would you need to like get a ferry to San Francisco, get on a train that goes across America, then get on another ferry to go from New York to London? Could be a good video. Mm. Could, could be, yeah, could be, yeah. Pete, to, so Pete Dawson back and forth. Just to just live my life on a ferry for three weeks, just back and forth to uh, America and back. How long would that take? I think it'd probably take two months, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just back and forth. Yeah. Dude, I could just, yeah, but I mean, probably good Wi Fi, probably good satellite Wi Fi. I think you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good Wi-Fi, that's all that matters, that's all that matters. Yeah. We'll be back with your questions and comments in the fax machine, guys, in just a moment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash Japan. Join Luke Moore and me, Pete Donaldson, for an unplanned half hour where we discuss life's great mysteries like Can a man survive by eating roadkill? As well as the week's most bizarre news stories and your ridiculous adventures like this one about an almost catastrophic shortcut. We eventually came to a large railed fence which I decided we should climb. I scaled the 15-foot-ish fence and as I was sat atop ready to jump down, three or four police came running from a little building we hadn't noticed before shouting at me and grabbing my mate Sam. I was faced with the choice of legging it onto the other side of the fence or gallantly going back to help my friend. I returned to Sam and the quite pissed off police and my gallantry was rewarded as they advised me that I had been climbing into the zoo and would have landed in an animal enclosure. Listen to the Look at Pete show wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. And we're back with the Fax Machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? We've got a message from Ross, and he is resident, or certainly uh, hailing from, Teesside, which is where I come from. We are Teesside. We're the future. We're the pride. We are Teesside. And we're standing side by side. The, the gift that we give the world. The future of tomorrow for our children. Chris is always going like about that. Chris is always going on about missing sausages, proper telly and other British stuff while he's in Japan. So I was wondering, is there anything that Japanese people generally miss while they're out of the country? Is there a food, activity or other thing that collectively reminds Japanese folks of home? Thank you, Ross from Teesside, the UK. I mean, when I, when I was with Natsuki and he came to the UK, he, he loved eating Japanese food in the UK and giving his critique on how awful it was. He loved it. He was like, oh, it's ramen (laughs) shit. So it's like American people going going to like France and eating uh, hamburgers and going, oh, these hamburgers (laughs) are gross. Effectively, we love doing it, don't we? And I love doing that as a British person, eating a British take of a dish in in Japan and being like, oh, it's disgusting. 
<laughs> fishing ships like that in England. Um, yeah, I don't know. What 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 do Japanese people miss when they're outside of Japan? Just, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, just, just I mean, good food probably. Things like that fucking food. work. Yeah, <laughs> things that work. I remember like when we did uh, Natsuki the movie, just things broke all the time, and Natsuki was baffled right. by how things Everything didn't breaking, work. Yeah. Well, the vending machine got stuck. Vending we got machine. some crisps, Can you imagine? and then yeah, it's just awful. And then um, we, I remember we got on a train, London Underground, at like Victoria Station, and he got his. Um, London Underground ticket, and he put it in the machine to open the barrier so we could get on the train. But the barrier didn't open for literally right. no reason. There was no conceivable reason. And uh, I asked the man, what's wrong with the ticket? And he went, I think he, he literally said, England, didn't it, mate? And let us through. And I was like, oh, yeah. Got, <laughs> oh, yeah things just don't yeah. work in the UK. That would be like in Japan, that would like break the country if you couldn't get yeah. through a ticket machine. Oh, there'd, so, there'd, be, a, uh, there'd be apologies. Uh, there'd be uh, from the CEO of... Crossrail would be apologising, <laughs> resigning, crying in at a press conference. Well, remember, <laughs> if your train's like two minutes late in Japan, it's either two minutes or five minutes, you get a little slip of paper that you can take to your yeah. employer and prove that yeah. your train was actually delayed because otherwise your employee, your employer would just be like, bollocks, trains aren't late here. So when it does happen, you have to have some sort of proof, right? You get to have proof. So, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Natsuki was just baffled by the concept of things breaking a lot. Um, but uh, didn't stop his wife from eating all the cheese and then being sick on the plane for 11 hours yeah. all the way back to Japan we got one here from Eileen who says dear Chris and Pete my name's Eileen I'm 24 and a German from the beautiful Black Forest now I have never been to Japan but I've been to many other countries and wherever I went I get mistaken for being an Irish girl what? I have, re- <laughs> I have really liked skin and freckles, reddish hair, so I kind of understand it. But even in Ireland, after they heard me speak with my English-German accent, it got to a point where I just play along until they noticed that I'm in fact German. My question is, have you two ever been mistaken for another nationality? Much love from Germany, Eileen. That's a really <laughs> weird story. That is, but, I, mean, I like that. It's like, it reminds me of... Um... I'm th- in my head, she looks like the woman out of Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> <She's walking laughs> the protagonist. The forest yeah, yeah. With, a, with a crossbow. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Pete Dolson gets mistaken for being Colonel Sanders quite often. I get mistaken for ev- A, everyone, B, everyone, <laughs> C, everyone. I get, I, get, I get mistaken for everyone who's just a bit funny looking, who's got an undercut. Uh, I'm mistaken. I, I get a lot of... Uh, I think I could, I think I could pass for a, uh, a like a Lithuanian or something. I reckon I could probably pass for some, <laughs> for some specific, some, maybe some Eastern Europeans. I think I think I look quite Eastern oddly European specific. Well, you know, dark hair. <laughs> I get mistaken for being everyone that's got hair like Marcus Mumford or Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Elon Musk but- for some reason. I think I think Marcus Mumford's probably the most accurate one because he's got because um, he, he's also got like your kind of moustache as well. <laughs> what the the moustache that doesn't really little work? Mustache, little 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 guy, little spivvy moustache. Little, yeah. little spiv. <laughs> it's not a compliment, is it? But that's no, I've never been I've never been mistaken for another nationality. Um, that's that's just you, Eileen. <laughs> that's such a bizarre situation, though. Yeah. Uh, we got, <laughs> I got one here from Habib. He says, hi, guys. Hope you're both doing well. As content creators, what do you fear most about a prolonged break? Loss of income or sudden loss of followers or interest? Hmm. I ask because Chris has spoken before about being too scared to stop posting or take a longer break and often thinks uh, that this could all be over soon. Cheers, guys. Habib. 
That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think it, I, loss of income's not good, but I think certainly loss of followers and interest is is something that all YouTubers worry about. And I think it is an unfounded worry in many respects. Like, I took a lot of time off in 2019. I had, like, entire months where I didn't post a video because I was burnt out from journey across Japan and whatnot. And, uh, you know, whenever I came back, everyone was still there waiting. And that was kind of cool. I do think in this day and age, there is sort of the pressure to post more and more to sort of keep up with everyone. But uh, I think that's been to the detriment of my health or my mm. enthusiasm for YouTube. Um, you know, I certainly spending time with the Trash Chase lads, uh, Joey and Connor, who pump out content like no fucking tomorrow across all their channels. I've, mm. I've been lulled into thinking that, oh, I should do that too. I should put out loads of videos. But in reality, I shouldn't put out loads of videos. I should just do what I always do, which is make videos around a topic that excite me or an idea that I get excited about. And so we all have our different styles. You know, Connor does his live shows. Joey likes to do commentary. And I like mm. to sort of take my time and do something a bit kind of more crazy and weird and I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Bespoke. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I like I like to challenge myself with different things. Like I'd like you know, I'd like to learn something new for a video, like how to do a green screen or how to rotoscope mm. something or how to do a drone. Like like everything I do, I like to learn something along the way. And uh Yeah. And the rest of them are just fooling. <laughs> yes, fools. Fools. <laughs> you gotta do it your own style. What about you though, Pete? Yeah. naturally it's the loss of income. What what with the uh the tax, the tax situation that you yeah, mentioned I mean, the, last I mean, week. I mean, tax the worst, bills. I mean, the worst thing that ever happened to me is uh, earning money for um, goofing around, uh, which means I'm just constantly goofing around, and I can never <laughs> be serious ever. But yeah, I, I, I do kind of feel sorry for um, YouTube creators in particular because they they, they do experience burnout, and 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 mm. and also they they have a certain style that worked for them, you know, back ten years ago or whatever. But then you've got like, uh, but then. A little bit later, it's kind of like you, you, your interests may have changed, or what the kind of videos that you want to do may have changed, but your um, your viewers haven't gone on that journey with you. So therefore, I was watching this guy yeah. who, uh, on 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 YouTube uh, that I quite like who basically takes video games and he uh, he basically edits the initialization files so that it can be run on really shitty hardware. So the game looks like hmm. absolute shit, but it becomes a slightly different art form. So the art style becomes completely different because this guy is able to edit initialization files down to such a, 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 a such a place where it looks really really it looks weirdly eerily beautiful, even though it's uh, running at like two hundred frames per second. And the what do you mean initialization are... files? So like with a PC game to make uh, whenever you make a change in the menu, sort of saying say you want to reduce shadows to make it uh, run a bit better, uh, ah, right. improve performance by getting rid of so many light sources or uh, shadows or ray tracing and stuff like that. Every time you edit something in a PC game in the menu, uh, mm. that basically mm. is just a front end for a doc file, okay, like a, uh, an RTF or a, a text file that just tells the computer what it needs to be doing next time it starts the game. So uh -huh. this guy edits them fr from a really, like, on the INI file, the in in initialization file, and he knows how to do it with different renders and stuff to make these video games look uh, incredibly weird and cut down and look like PlayStation huh. 1 games from back in the day. Um, That's awesome. Stuff. But... but He's got the point where the game engines don't allow him to do that anymore because they've just gotten to the point where they just, they, they 
either do everything automatically or they just don't want anyone fucking about with it and it's all closed off. And so he started doing these long-form documentaries about the history of, you know, the Game & Watch or Nintendo uh, NES mm. or whatever. And he loves doing them, but I think he's a bit concerned that his audience will not follow him because they, they never watched him for that. He's, ah. he's Dutch or something. But I... I uh, yeah, so, so there is a real pressure to play to the crowd, play to your audience, and you experience burnout because they're not the videos you want to do every time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. And, 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 and fundamentally, just people just spaffing out video after video after video because they have to, because it's a job, and, you know, that's what they want to do. It's, it's freedom, but it's also you're just climbing into another cage, just a slightly bigger one with gold trimmings on it. <laughs> No, that's a good point, and I, I've certainly seen. Um, I've, I won't say they are, but I've seen big YouTubers who have like often pursued a different, like a musical career or singing career. Yeah. Right, they transition between comedy to music or singing, yeah. and that's come at the detriment of their channel. They're following their passion, yeah. they're doing what they enjoy, but damaging their channel and their brand or whatever, and losing yeah. lots of viewers as a result. And not sure really how to feel about that. Clearly, they're doing what they want to do, but. Yeah, I, obviously it's something I've got to think about. I don't want to make videos about Japan forever. I'm already at the point where if I make another video about Japan, I'll smash my head against a fucking wall. There's only so much I can talk about about Japan, <laughs> especially now during COVID when you can't travel or do anything. It's driving me mad. So something I've got to think about in the future. Um, I'd like to pivot to doing more comedy stuff or more challenges or more finding more quirky things. Um, but, you know, I... I, I I've kind of done pretty much everything you could possibly ever do about Japan. <laughs> and the, and the, the level, as uh, the sort of production quality and the things you've got to do now uh, to keep up are pretty difficult in the world of Japan, right? Yeah. You've got to do a day in the life video. You've got to follow someone around all yeah. day and they brush their teeth and deliver some parcels. You've got mm. to make like a bespoke documentary and I don't want to go in that direction. And I don't want to sit on the most expensive train all day every day or the most expensive bus in Japan. All these sort of videos, you know. I know what I I know what I have to do if I want to get a million views, but I don't want to do it anymore. And that's right. a massive conflict that uh, I'm battling with right now uh, in my head about what I want to do. But mm. uh, it's always tough in winter when you sit inside in the cold, <laughs> ruminating all these ideas and problems. But I oh. I can't complain. I can't complain. I mean, look, this You're, is exactly a Japan podcast, clips channel, isn't it? It's about you. It's about you. Just do do something on that. Do some little cook ones. I've told you before. Get down to Seven Eleven. Get you know, just pick up some shit. Just go look at but this. That's, shit that's, I've got that's exactly what I don't want to do anymore. Exactly you know? what you want to be doing. <laughs> I should be doing something. I should. I want to buy a toy car and drive it around. That's we'll what that, I want to do. I'll do, do that. that. Just drive around. Maybe the next drive video. It around. Drive it around Tokyo hands, annoy everyone. <laughs> Dress up as That'd one of those video. robots. I'd Dress a mental up as one breakdown. Of those pepper robots and just like look like you've gone mad. Take I would your clothes love off to in, in Shinjuku. <laughs> Take my clothes off in Shinjuku. I, I, I spent seventy-two hours in Japan having a mental fucking breakdown. Well. <laughs> Groundbreaking content. I, I drank. Groundbreaking. Uh, I drank cooking oil for three days in Japan. Oh Just do like stupid stunts, but right at the end in Japan. That is the way YouTube's <laughs> heading. That is the sort of shit you have to do to thrive. I these chiseled things. my fingers off in Japan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the level. So bear yeah. that in mind, guys. If you okay. want to make it big in Japan. Go and drink some oil and dance around in Shibuya Crossing <laughs> naked. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Japan Podcast at gmail.com. Don't do what I just said. I don't don't want do any, any of that. 
get Christ. done in an article in five years. Chris made me do it. He said it in a podcast. Don't don't do that. Be happy. Um, Enjoy life. Be and happy. of course, stay tuned. The Bronze Band podcast back later this week, still all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see them do all over again one more time. The Bronze Band podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.